G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Stay with us for a very special Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Hello, my friends. You know, prior to this crisis of this coronavirus, we have been burdened by God to call America to pray, to pray for this nation. Our nation is in trouble. You have to have spiritual eyes to see this. We are in deep trouble. And we desperately need the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit can invade our nation, our lives, and our churches and bring an awakening. And so the Awake America campaign started earlier, but now we even have more of a reason to urge every one of you to join together and do exactly what we were asking you to do. Please sign up so that together we unite in asking God to wake America up. We need America to wake up. We need the church in America to wake up because God is giving us some warning signs. And if we don't take those warning signs to heart, we're in trouble. And so I'm going to urge you, join with us. Father, I pray that you will send us an awakening. We have two great awakenings in the history of this great country. Will you send us a third one? And Lord, may it start with me. May it start with us. Because we know that an awakening can start with one person as it happened so many times in history. Thank you in advance, Lord God. Help us to live a purified, godly, holy life for the glory of Jesus and for the harvest that you're going to give us. And I claim that by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. In the days we live in, it's more important than ever to prioritize the power of prayer. That's why we hope you'll become a part of Awake Australia with Dr. Yusuf. Join a worldwide community praying for our world today. Recently, Dr. Yusuf shared a message with the members of his church in Atlanta, the Church of the Apostles. And it's a message each of us needs to hear as we navigate these difficult days of worldwide crisis. Here's Dr. Michael Yusuf looking at the words of the prophet Joel on today's Leading the Way. Whenever we face a crisis of global proportion, like the one we are facing right now, there are all sorts of opinions and information, and some of that information is false, some of it is true. But rumors start flying. I know you already heard this a million times. These are unprecedented days. This is an unprecedented crisis. This is a pandemic like we have never experienced in our lifetime. And it's all true. But my purpose today is not to rehash the information that you're hearing about when you're hearing from television, you're hearing from the media all day long. No. My natural inclination, and I know that it is the natural inclination of all Bible-believing Christians, is to ask the question, Lord, what are you teaching us? What is God teaching us in the middle of this 
crisis, in the middle of this global panic, what is God saying to His people? What lessons that He wants His people to learn from this? In these inexplicable times in which we live, there's only one place where you can find an answer to these questions, and it is in the infallible Word of God. When you hear or read the prophet Joel, particularly chapter 2, I know that there are some people, some people, who are at the sound of my voice and not going to like it. They're not going to like it. Why? Because most of us want to live in denial of reality. Most of us want the quick fix. Most of us want someone to tell us, oh, everything is going to be all right. We will defeat this. We will beat this. We will overcome this. Our scientists will not be defeated by a little virus. We want to be told that science can save us, that our ingenuity will save us. But listen, let's hear God and hear what He has to say in the midst of the crisis, that before it gets worse, let's heed God's Word, lest our trouble is multiplied. Let's accept God's medicine that is worthy of the name. The first thing Joel warns us of is this. This crisis, and whatever crisis we're facing, is a minuscule example of the crisis is going to be in the day of judgment, the dreadful day that the Bible talks about. I'm sure some of you probably by that time say, well, wait a minute, Michael. This is not a time to talk about the coming judgment. Michael, this is not the time to speak of the future judgment. Michael, this is not the time to speak of negative, in negative terms. Michael, this is not a time to speak of doom and gloom. <laughs> I don't want to do that, trust me. But I believe the prophet Joel would want to say to us, yes, but this is God's loving wake-up call. This is God's loving warning. This is God's gracious invitation to everyone at the sound of my voice. This is God's merciful alarm bell. For if we are not prepared to deal with a small virus, what are we to do when we face a day of judgment? Let me read to you verses 1 and 2. Joel chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming, and it's close at hand. Verse 2. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of cloud and blackness, like dawn spreading across the mountain. A large and mighty army comes, such as never was of old, nor ever will be again in the ages to come. Thank God that the Word of God does not just give us a warning, does not just send an alarm bell, but the Word of God tells us what to do in such a time. Thank God that the Word of God does not leave us high and dry. It tells us what to do in such a time. God's Word tells us what to do in times of global crisis, in times of global pandemic. First of all, He wants us to view every crisis, every crisis, not just this crisis, but every crisis, 
especially the one because we're in the middle of it. He wants us to view that as a dress rehearsal. This is a dress rehearsal of the day of judgment that is coming, of that big and dreadful day that's coming. He's reminding us that the big one is coming. And the problem is, my beloved friends, is that most of us, including yours truly, is we have a short attention span. We forget our lessons very, very quickly. But Joel is saying, find out what God is saying during the hard times. Find out what God is teaching you during these difficult and challenging days. Let them be a reminder of the day that is coming when God will shake everything that is to be shaken. Prepare yourself for the big one. How? How? How would you prepare? He gives us two ways. Two ways by which we prepare. First of all, this is my own words, not the prophet Joel, is saying, tear away the idols out of your heart, don't tear your hair. And secondly, he says, lead others to worship and bow down to the living God. Don't join in their panic. Don't fret like they are, but instead, let them see your confidence in your God. First of all, he says, tear the idols out of your life, not your hair. I know we have a saying when we're having a hard time or difficult day, say, I'm, I'm tearing my hair out. You see, in Israel, there was a tradition. And the tradition was when a person is in deep grief, is in deep mourning, would be actually tear his clothes. You see it all the time in the Old Testament. And he tore his garments and he tore his garments. And what it really symbolizes that in the tearing of that fabric is symbolic of the tearing of a life. But like all traditions, some would go through the motions of tearing their garments without inner transformation. Outward symbols gave way to mere tradition. They kept the tradition, but they lost the meaning. They tore their clothes, but they kept their hearts intact. They went through the outward appearance, but they did not inwardly change. After all, it is much easier to go through the outward motions. It's much easier to just be willing to do anything to get out of the crisis for the time being. And that is why the prophet Joel said, in times of crisis, it is your heart that needs radical change, not your circumstances. It is your heart that needs transformation, not the economy. It is your heart that needs complete surgery, not your situation. Look at verses 12 and 13. Even now, declares the Lord, meaning it's never too late. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. So instead of looking at the current crisis 
and blissfully, as some probably do, say, where is God? Where is God? Why doesn't he do something? Accept this as his loving warning to you and to me and to all of us so that we may repent and turn to him before it's too late. What is this rending of the heart that he's talking about? What is this repentance that he's talking about? Oh, it is the acknowledging, the confessing, the forsaking of all that has become an idol for you and for me. Beloved friends, I want you to listen to me very carefully, please. Our greatest need today is to acknowledge and to confess that we have placed our hopes on money and possession, that we have placed all of our hopes on credit cards and borrowing money that we could never pay back. We have placed our concerns more on a status symbols, not the glory of God, that we have spent more time in front of the television instead of being in the Word of God, that we have spent more time on entertainment and on sports than sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with our neighbors. Materialism and not ministry have become the object of our affection. Worship is something we do when it is convenient, whenever we get to it, whenever we can do it, not as a priority one in life. Prayer is mere telegraphic prayer when we are in trouble. Is something we do when we need something from God, not a lifestyle. But God wants us to be serious about acknowledging these idols, then tear them out by repenting and forsake them. If we don't voluntarily turn and tear those idols out, God is going to help us. He will take them out. God is going to do this out of love and compassion for us. God is telling us to turn to Him while we still can turn to Him while there is still time. Have you ever asked yourself the question, where was Jesus when he was praying to the point of sweating blood, literally blood coming out while he was praying? No, that was, did not happen in Pilate's Hall of Justice. No, it did not happen even on his way to the cross. No, it did not happen during the trial. But it took place in the Garden of Gethsemane. Hebrews 5, 7 tells us, There he offered prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who's able to save him. Perhaps if you and I were there watching him praying with blood, tears, sweat of blood, if we witnessed that out of agony, we would probably say, Wow, if he's broken that like this, Here, in the Garden of Gethsemane, in prayer like this, what is he going to do when he faces the real crisis of the cross? Why didn't he just approach the Garden of Gethsemane with calm and wait? Let's wait and see what happens. It may get better. Who knows? Why worry about it now? Why didn't he just sleep like the three other disciples? (laughs) Here is a fact. Fact. 
at the time of the cross, Jesus walked to the cross with courage, while all his disciples fled and left him alone. Have you ever thought about that? Why? Listen to me. I'm going to tell you why. Because he was already prayed up in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was totally prepared. After spending time with God, he faced the crisis with confidence. He took notice of that big one before it happened. Now, beloved, listen to me. A lifestyle of repentance, a lifestyle of idle tearing from our lives will make you face any crisis in life with calm and confidence. A lifestyle of repentance will not cause you to fear any challenge in life. A repentant lifestyle will make you not even fear the day of judgment itself, the big one. In fact, you will welcome it. You will face it with confidence. Why? Because you have already been tearing away the idols from your life, and you're already delivered from the day of judgment. And you're ready. You're ready for any eventuality. You're prepared. Joel is saying that somehow, somewhere in God's economy, in His sovereign plan, in His sovereign character, He responds favorably to genuine repentance. You see, it's throughout the Scripture, not just here. He loves to stay His judgment. He loves to relent from judgment. In fact, God is looking for an excuse to delay His judgment. He longs to have mercy. He longs to halt judgment. He longs to halt devastation. He longs to halt the natural consequences of human rebellion against Him. It's part of His sovereign character. You see it again and again in the pages of the Scripture. He responds to a genuine cry of His children. He does. You've experienced it, and so did I. Secondly, lead others to come to know and worship the living God. Don't get into the frenzy of fretting like they are, because they're going to look at you and say, well, you just like in the same boat as I am. If you read verses 15, 16, and 17 of Joel chapter 2, you would say, you would say, well, this was just for the leaders of the church. And I think you'd be right. You'd be exactly right. Leadership that does not lead by example is not worthy of the name. It's not worthy of the name. In the New Testament, of course, the Bible tells us that all the believers are priests. We are kingdom of priests. And that is why those verses are important to everyone who's listening to me right now, everyone. They are important to pastors, yes. They are important to moms and dads, yes. They are important to Sunday school teachers, yes. They are important to small group leaders, yes. They are important to everyone who's a priest, called to be a priest, to intercede between the world and God. Listen to the words of Joel again. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders. Gather the children. Those who are nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room. Let the bride leave her chambers. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep. 
between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord. Don't make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? If God is saying anything today, He is saying to us, believers, in every area of your responsibilities, sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. Remind the people of the shortness of time before judgment comes. Don't get sucked in with the soft proclamation of the gospel. Don't fall in the trap of soothing talk and positive thinking preaching. That type of smooth talking never adequately forewarns people of that dreadful day that is coming. Parents, call your children, wherever you are, just call your children around you for a time of prayer and repentance and dedication as a family. Believers everywhere at the sound of my voice in those serious times, in those difficult days, in those devastating circumstances, they should be reminded, all of us, of the day of judgment that is coming. And it's going to be a whole lot worse than coronavirus or the stock market falling down, losing third or more than third of its value. It's going to be worse than that. Therefore, call upon Him. Uh, Throughout the Scripture, this has been the longing of God's heart. You see it over and over again, particularly in the book of Hosea. It vividly reveals to us the brokenness of God's heart when He sees His children turning after other things and forsaking Him. And God says, look at Hosea. Look how brokenhearted he is when his wife, Goma, is running after other men and being unfaithful to her husband. He said, look at him. Look how heartbroken he is. And now that's how I feel when my children, when my people forsake me and focus on everything else in life except me, who have redeemed them. God is saying, this is how I feel about my children when they forsake me, when they place their affection and their time, and their money, and their energy on other things. There may be someone who's listening to me right now to whom this message, which is to believers, is premature. Because you have not come to Jesus Christ confessing your sin, repenting of your sin, and receiving Him as your only Savior and Lord. You haven't come to first stage yet. You need to do that now. You need to do that today. Father God, you know where everyone is, and you know where every heart is placed. I pray for that person who may be a religious person, but never really had a personal encounter with the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came from heaven lived as the poorest of the poor, died on a cross to pay for his wages and her wages of sin. Father, I pray for that person. This be the day in which they will surrender to you and receive you as the only Savior and the only Lord. And Father, for those of us who have known you, and some of us have known you for a long time, and yet our hearts and our affection have been set on other things and on other people, 
wonderful, important as they may be, we have taken our eyes off you. Forgive us. Forgive us. And come and answer our prayers because we know you to be the God of mercy and the God of grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Dr. Michael Youssef on Leading the Way, and a special message is called A Biblical Response to the Current Crisis. Perhaps your first response to this crisis is beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to speak with someone, reach out to ltw.org slash Jesus right now. ltw.org slash Jesus. Or you can always call us with questions. We're at 1-300-133-589. That's 1-300-133-589. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world. Connect through YouTube, television, Facebook, Twitter, and all of our social media networks. Learn more at ltw.org. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.